Welcome to Debt to Cinema. I'm Stephen Maltmanex. And I'm Brian Gillis. Like most people, we love going to the theater and catching latest releases. However, sadly, put a big dent in your wallet. Fortunately, living in the digital age makes the viewing possibilities endless from the comforts of home. Many of these films that you can see right from your couch, we're ashamed to say we miss, despite labeling ourselves cinephiles. So join us as one or both of us cross off a title from our list of shame. It can be an all-time essential classic. Or an underrated piece of cinema that's worth giving a shot. Hell, it might just be some trashy film we want the other's opinion on. So sit tight and join us as we pay off our debts, one dollar at a time. Damn you. I know what you're going to say, you don't have to. We don't have to make a whole big deal out of it. You like me, I won't make you say it. I was just going to tell you to wear magic socks tomorrow. Okay. Good tip. All right. In the heart of the nation's capital, in a courthouse of the U.S. government, we follow orders or people die. It's that simple. Are we clear? Yes. Are we clear? Crystal. One man will stop at nothing to keep his honor, and one will stop at nothing to find the truth. You men follow orders or people die. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You! Talk about daddy issues, you know, just going from uh, father to son. When your dad is responsible for making what's considered one of the greatest comedies of all time, which you can attest to, Carl Reiner. How do you top that, you know? Is it is you it that you get, like, gun. Aaron Sorkin's first feature film script? Do you, like, I, I, I don't know, is it, like, does Spinal Tap not count or The Princess Bride? Like, what, is it not enough at this point? I mean, as far as, like, just themes in this movie, like, it seems like that's just the main the main drive or the main connective tissue I can make here based on just how Rob Reiner even talked about this movie and what he connected with just that idea. I don't know. Is he, does he not feel like he's as good as his father? Because I feel like I'm more familiar with his work than Carl Reiner's to be honest. But even if it's in this script and it's in Top Gun and it's inherent in just most Tom Cruise movies, to be honest, before he became a man. But even if you look at him right now, yeah. he's one of those man boys. Like he, he looks like he's never actually aged in the wrong way. Even look at, um, I, like I said, I, I just gave two examples. This one, Top this Gun. This is not that but far then, off from Risky Business either. Yeah. Or, or look at look at fucking Rain Man. You know, like it, it all. It looks like the same guy. <laughs> um, but something funny about this episode: if it actually p- was published the day it was supposed to be, September sixth. It would have lined up with the events of this movie. The inciting <laughs> incident is September 6th, and most of what they talk about is the 6th of September, which I thought was kind of funny when I looked at my calendar right before I called you on Skype. I was like, huh, whatever. Oh, well. That's a September 11th pick. How about that? <laughs> well, we're a few days after that now, technically. Um, even though right now I'm recording on 9-11, yeah. you're still a couple hours behind, but... Uh, you know, we're we're also kind of getting close to, um, I think it's around the year mark, maybe not exactly, but when we did A Man for All Season, which, you know, hey, similar in that regard, too, and that this is definitely a movie about sticking to your principles and taking whatever the consequences are, no matter what. Reminded me a little bit of uh, Son of a Woman, you know, like one year prior to this one. I, I have not seen year, that. Actually. I have not seen it yet. No, but... Oh, no, um, see, maybe... I could follow this up with that one just because and I own that one on DVD. I've had that one on DVD for a long time. Yeah, no, I had seen this before. I had not seen it in a while. And I honestly just, it was one of those weeks where I was like, shit, I don't know what I'm going to pick. And you were like, well, I've got jury duty. And I just threw courtroom titles. And yeah, I mean, here's one of them. When I was going to the courthouse, I was thinking about 
Pauly Shore's jury duty. I was like, it's been probably about a year since Biodome. Why not? That's right. It has been duty. six um, months. I think you would since actually Biodome. No, that was in it hasn't April. Been longer than that. Yeah, that was not that. That was not seems, far away. Seems forever. Ago. Probably less than Time six flies, months. I don't really. know. Like, I mean, it was Earth Day. Yeah, oh, it was Earth Day. Yeah. So I mean, that was That's not right. that long ago. Fuck! Man. It seems like forever ago. To me, it seems like forever. Yeah, it was about like four or five months because that was right at the beginning of summer. Now we're right at the end of summer, so that's like that's four and a half months tops. Wow, I feel yeah. old. And if you guys have listened to every one of those episodes in between, I'm sure you feel old too. But you know, I being in a courtroom, you know, my my service is over. I served my civic duty. They spent two full court sessions on selecting the jury, mm-hmm. and. No, two and a half, actually. I uh, Just coincidentally, a friend of the show, Nestor, who I went to high school with, he actually, um, in the story that I told about how horrible my experience was at the Cinerama Dome for Dunkirk, he also was in my same exact jury pool, just one of those, like, oh, look how small the world is, or more, like, coincidentally, like, how small L.A. County is, but not the worst experience. And, yeah, when I started this movie, I could not separate the time that I served from my uh, my screening, as soon as it started, as soon as they're talking about jags, and you see these people like talking about legal stuff, or actually, to be more honest, as soon as this movie started, I thought there was a, a rape going on, um, <laughs> which it wasn't. Yeah, am I the only uh, it like seems the way like that, that was set up it? with yeah, the and I mean, just that opening too, it's, right? It's like it's this, very this ominous gag. too, but then like <laughs> at the same time, there's like this it's, '90s music cue that's like which is like whoa. Not quite right. No, thankfully no. not yeah. at all. What, what's, no, what's movie from last you know, year? must have been pretty shocking at the time, maybe. But yeah, I mean, this is kind of tame by today's standards. I just or they, they cut pretty soon. But it's funny because you know this is a this movie's kind of a big deal. You know, the famous "you can't handle the truth" Real line. Uh, I, I mean, Jack Nicholson. And, and that line is the line that doesn't even matter. Yeah, to be honest. I mean, but just probably, <laughs> you know, you look at the poster. He is the big face on the center of it has four fucking scenes in this movie. Only four. Like, his is a supporting is role. Like, if you compare him to Michael Keaton in Beetlejuice or Anthony Hopkins in Sons of the Lambs, both, you know, also, like, the main draws in those two films, despite I know. those being genre flicks, every scene he's in, he commands that screen. Yeah. That isn't what he's saying, just the way he looks. When Tom Cruise does his, like, little impression in the middle of the film, <laughs> like, that gets a good laugh. Yeah. Like, this is the Tom Cruise Demi Moore show. Even if Kevin Pollock's good, and Kevin Bacon, and J.T. Walsh in his short little role, like, if Jack Nicholson only has four scenes, J.T. Walsh has two, um, everyone in this is, is really great. Even people you don't know the names of, the, the, the two... Um, uh, men yeah, that you know, are Donnie on Dawson, yeah. uh, trial, yeah, like they're they're great. Well, maybe not the the farm boy, but no, Dawson well, I mean, is amazing. It didn't necessarily bother me, but I was just kind of like, are they are they like dumbing him up, like just kind of for the sake of it, you know? Because I mean, it's, it like goes as far as to go like, I don't. Think oh, I'm not so. so sure that he knows what's going on or what he's trouble for. And I brought comic books from his aunt, you know, like, and I was like, good God, are, <laughs> are there really Marines that are like? that autonomous oh, definitely. like they're called jarheads for a yeah, reason I, I, yeah like they they know how to do one thing and one thing only and that's to follow orders they follow orders to a t they don't ask questions and the reason they don't ask questions is because they don't have the brains you know like that's part of the film no, it's not true for everyone like yeah. anyone that gets promoted or gets some kind of special commendation is probably smarter like when you look at Hal here when you look at dawson you know he 
broke rank and gave uh, the the prisoner they talk about who is being starved. Oh, maybe he had the, the nutrient pills, but he was being starved. Oh, he was living off of water in the barracks. He broke rank and gave him food, and then he got, you know, fucking smacked down because of that. And then once again, you know, he was too scared that he was going to lose his uh, marine life that, you know, he did this code red that the, the film starts off with. And he rightfully gets dishonorably discharged. He knows mm-hmm. why in those finals, yeah. uh, in those closing uh, seconds, you know, right before you get that very Capra S the N scribbled across the screen. I was like, what the fuck? Which That's is the, so weird. Yeah, no, it is weird, but it's like, oh, right. So this is supposed to be like an old, um, an old fashioned kind of drama, um, which structurally it but is like not. that, but it really isn't. I mean, like, but you know, it's it's very It's simple. closer to, like, a John Grisham movie. Well, I mean, the star of this is Sorkin's script. You know, it is the writing. The camera work is very uh-huh. casual. The main focus is just on the performers and just letting them act. Uh, the intention is on the script, you know. Like, th- that's really just... Um, the, you know, this isn't flashy. It's just Rob Reiner is restraining himself and just letting the material speak for itself. But it is really just at the end that you're just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I guess this is sort of an old-fashioned play because I can see how, like, just aesthetically it fits like that. But at the same time, then there's things where it's like, um, it, it's it's very 90s and this score, good God, the score. Oh, the score is so bad. It starts yeah. off really great when they have, like, that march and you're like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah. Dun, they're doing their rifle tricks. You're like, oh, this is, this is setting it up so well. But then, yeah, William Goldman is the guy that provided some script work. Uh, on this one. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. this is Aaron Sorkin's first script does not sound like a Sorkin movie or Sorkin script at all. You know, I watched a lot of the West Wing. I watched all of the newsroom. I've seen an episode or two, but this got produced before the play started and they actually changed the play script based on what Goldman wrote. We're talking about Rob Reiner. Forget the father son thing, but I guess that's kind of cool. Rob Reiner was known for doing certain kinds of movies. When Harry Met Sally, mm-hmm. Princess Bride, you know, even if you Spinal want to talk tap, about like Stand By Misery, Me. I mean, you know, like, he's got these these comic or gruesome, like, he's got his Stephen King stuff, you know, hence Castle Rock Entertainment, or he's got his, like, whimsical romantic comedies. He's a genre director. 92, someone else. Steven Spielberg, genre director, blockbuster movies, you know, feel-good movies. And in 1992, mm-hmm. they both did com- something completely fucking different. You have Schindler's List, and you got this. And I have Schindler's to imagine year that later, year. Yeah. Was it 93? Yeah. Regardless, you know, you just go into the movies at this time and going, oh, yeah, we're going to go see that Robin Reiner movie. It's called A Few Good Men. I'm sure it's it's a laugh riot. And sure enough, there are a lot of zingers here. It yeah, there a are plenty of script. laughs. But, yeah, just going to the movies and seeing this, who did this really – who was this for? Sorkin wasn't a name yet. Rob Reiner's fans weren't interested in this kind of material, not necessarily. Well, I don't even know if he, there were fans yet. Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise, but Demi Moore has short hair. I'm sure they pitched it as an, a romance between Demi Moore and Tom Cruise, and oh, hey, no. there's a trial. And I mean, marketing-wise, that's that could be how they did it. I read this thing on IMDb shortly before we started recording where someone, some executive, asked uh, Sorkin, like, so what's the point of Demi Moore's character being a woman <laughs> or, like, why is that character a woman if they're not going to fuck? And then he retorted, like, women aren't just in film to have sex with Tom Cruise, which <laughs> I disagree with. I don't think that's necessarily the case. But, yeah, like, why oh. is she a woman? She doesn't really – nothing about her in this film because... really – besides the Aunt Millie thing. 
because that's the women only work too. Portion. Women do things too. You know, I, they sure. don't. They don't just have to. No, fuck I get that. Us. Yeah, but in terms of being jags and not just jags, but also like working with internal affairs and being a mm-hmm. navy lawyer and just being in the navy at this time was pretty damn rare. Uh, it's an interesting thing. It's less interesting because it's Demi Moore. Like, if anyone were to do it at this time in Hollywood, it would have to be her. Like, I, I seriously can't think of any other person that would have at this Anybody time. Anybody else could take the role, really. I mean... The role, yes, but... I, it's I mean, not in about terms sex of, appeal. It's just... Okay, I mean, it's, it's just a... Sort of um, is. Not really. They have the, there's still the chemistry between her and Tom Cruise. Like, she pushes him in the romantic way even if they don't have romance besides that one date. There's chemistry. There is that there. But you could write it the other way, mm-hmm. too, and just have, I don't know, some people be buddy-buddy. But it wouldn't be nearly as interesting. Like, there is that intrigue there, which I guess helps. And it also, you know, adds a little bit more, not intimacy. That's not what I'm looking for. But, like, there, there's a bit more sensitivity intrigue. there, you know? Yeah, where, mm-hmm. you know, people uh, end a, up being more inherent- open. And you get to... You get to see the the characters just kind of open themselves a bit more and see their own flaws as opposed to just, you know, wearing this mask of like, oh, I'm an I'm a smart lawyer the whole time. You know, I know what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. Um, so there is that to Sorkin scripts, though, that, you know, he's mostly known for the walk and talk. Sure. Mm-hmm. But he's also known, excluding the social network for writing stories that have will they won't they characters, especially on TV that lasts for seasons, if not the entire series. And so it, it kind of makes sense that you will have these two characters here where it's very obvious at the end of the film, even if they are not just co-workers, but he's a subordinate. But I think it does bring power to the film. The romance isn't the angle. It is this case. It is all about these two guys. It is about Santiago. It is about what's going on in the military and why. And that just, I think that's why it gets that classic ending. That's why this could be a film, even though it's from the 90s and very much in the time with the cordless phones and the clothes, that if you look at the cars and look at the way they dress and the way they present themselves, this could have very much well been, like you said, like a classic film, like a 50s or 60s era production, big studio film. It has all the characters. It has the ensemble cast. I mean, it's like it's got those things in the the end thing there. That's the, really the only tip-off for me, but this is also just purely an early 90s film. So we got a good courtroom drama. Like, there isn't really that much to say, like, other than it's like, oh, it's it's really damn good writing, and it's it's really well-structured, and it's really real-acted, because it's, it's freaking... Riveting. It's really entertaining every step of the way, and it's just that mm-hmm. anticipation of seeing how you will get there, just because, like, at the very least maybe not in Tom Cruise's case, but like, you know, just this idea of like, you know, these Marines have code, like seeing that at play where Tom Cruise is still, he's just kind of pushing himself out of his comfort zone. He's just slumming it um, in this movie. He's just, he he just wants to get the easy plea bargains and serve his three years. And he's pushed into a, maybe it's, it's partially him like feeling that pressure of trying to live up to his dad. But, you know, he decides to jump off the deep end outside of his comfort zone and go for it. But the other guys, you know, the two privates, they have a code that they live by. They, they're they defending themselves because they believe that they're in the right. They believe that what they did was, uh, you know, correct based in, on their perspective. It's uh, mm, I don't see that. They, they're not even well, no, I mean, they, themselves. They, no, are, I mean, they, they are, you know, they say what's the code. They say unit, core, God, God country. country. That yeah. if it... If it wasn't for the fact that Demi Moore intervenes and had them taken off 
of uh, the island, if they didn't leave Cuba at the beginning of the film, before Tom Cruise is even really introduced, that they probably would have just stayed there. They would have done nothing. They would have, you know, they, they don't want to say that they're guilty because, like you said, they do have honor, but they would not do anything that would incriminate the Marine Corps. Like, I, I have a feeling, like, they both feel a little bit the, bad. They're not denying what they did. They, don't they just feel don't feel like that they they're... Are, I mean, they don't feel that they committed they're not murder. That's the thing. They're being tried yeah. for murder, which they, they don't, do not feel they're that not they They're not responsible did. for the death. Yeah. It's manslaughter, not and, murder. And, you know, I mean, that goes back to that thing where it's just like, hey, this is a movie about sticking up to those principles. That's what Dawson um, is sticking up for. Jack Nicholson also as um, Jessup. You know, a guy who really just believes in what he's doing even if he's a bit arrogant and just assumes that hey you know he's the things won't work without him in guantanamo um like how do how do i put it you know he says um that fuck fuck what what does he say like you well, know things that's not like, really his argument his argument is that all you little fuckers out in the real world who get to do whatever you want and talk about this and talk about that yeah and you criticize us but yet you don't know what we're doing mm-hmm. well not even just us just like because i mean i i've had this conversation with many a people including my girlfriend where they don't believe in our government or the industrial complex or the the court system or, or the or police or whatever and it's funny whenever you talk to those people People that if you ask them like oh well how would you do things differently what's the the government that we need how should be people be reprimanded for the crimes that they commit that they never have answers their answer is i don't have an answer what about but- when it works what about when mm-hmm. it's actually working by the book and it's doing what it's supposed to be doing you know like we're we're fucking people. Things are not going to go perfectly all the time. Jack Nicholson's not exactly painted as a bad person. He's an asshole. And when you have that scene where he says, like, you know, he makes a good case of, like, yeah, I'm not going to send Santiago away. We're going to make him a good Marine. We're going to do this right. There, it, You know, it's a bit of a flashback scene, but there's no talk about a code red in that moment. So you well, never... they don't you. That's Barrett talk. They're not going to say it in the office. Like, that's, you know, that's lingo. It's, like, they believe any time a Code Red happens, like, look at it in Full Metal Jacket. They did that to Gomer Pyle because he was a fuck-up, and they beat him with bars of soap because they knew that if they fucked him up real bad, he wouldn't fuck up again. He'd be too scared to make the rest of the troop have to, like, uh, you know, pay for his It's never clear, though, in that movie that it's a Code Red, but... It will, like the they code, do do it, they do do something similar, but yeah, there's is. no superior officer that says, "Hey, beat the shit out of this guy." And that I I bought because I mean, for that movie, that was them being forced to like you know, any time that he fucked up, they would be punished for it. And they I just thought that was it. their way of mm-hmm. taking it out on him. But he, they, I don't think they were ordered to beat the shit out of him. They didn't have to be ordered, you know. It's it's the same. I'm concept, saying that I'm though, saying you know, that's you not a code a, red though. You have Noah Wiley's characters. Speaking of just supporting characters, Noah Wiley and Cuba Gooden Jr. are in this <laughs> film, and they don't even have Billy. Yeah. Like they just show up randomly, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, Noah Wiley's talking about, oh yeah, like I was fucking up. It was hot. I kept on dropping my rifle, and then I don't think that someone gave him a code red either. Like once again, in the Gomer Pyle excuse that his his squad mates, his unit came into his barracks at night and were like, you're not going to make a mistake anymore. You, well, oh, my we're going to pay for it eventually. My understanding here is that the code red is that they are given an order from a superior officer of, hey, take care of this guy, knock a little sense into him. That It wasn't like Downey and Dawson went out on their own. We're like, oh, hey, we're going to try to 
We're going to try to make you a better Marine by, you know, like, actually well, respecting the code. accentuating circumstances, though, because Santiago just wrote a paper to, or a letter to, like, several agencies with some kind of form of bartering in it, if you don't forget that. Like, he ultimately did something really criminal. You can, it's a, it was a, a form of treason. You cannot write a letter to different, like, Internal affairs, sure, but by the way they say it, the reason why this Code Red happened the way it did, and you're quickly reminded later in the film, or like not even just reminded, but shown that this was not, you know, poison. Like, you are led to believe early on that, oh, these two guys did this, they didn't know it was poison, maybe Jack Nicholson poisoned it, or Kiefer Sutherland poisoned it, and they killed him, and then you learn later alone, oh no, wait, no, it wasn't just heat exhaustion, he has some personal issues in his health he couldn't take that kind of hazing and he croaked because of it you know it was an accident if the accident didn't hadn't happened this film wouldn't exist you know like this is based on a true life story that aaron sorkin's uh, sister was basically uh working on some or details of it, working yeah. on or something like that you know like it isn't informed by a true event where like i said if santiago hadn't have died the whole film wouldn't exist we wouldn't even no. care we wouldn't even be talking about it. But Jack Nicholson's character, this colonel, is not a bad man. He's a hardened man. You know, he's an asshole, sure, mm -hmm. to give orders, literally orders. You have to be an he's asshole. He's also got That's a giant fucking ego. You Because know, he's he... a colonel. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. No, I mean, he, do he doesn't really stand against, up to anyone except for probably the president. You know, there is that really great, just funny line of like, you know, I true. There's nothing sexier than a woman that outranks you. Promote them all, I say. Yeah. But I'm a colonel, so you know, unless we get a female president, well, I'm pretty much fucked. He's like, yeah, there's nothing hotter than getting blowjob blow yeah. by someone who's your superior. <laughs> but uh, no, he he's an asshole. Mm -hmm. I mean, you learn that truly, truly. Not when he has that little conversation with J.C. Wallace where he's like, are you upset because we were cadets at the same time and I got promoted much faster than you? Like, suck my dick. When Tom Cruise shows up, though, and they have their little their little lunch and they have that powwow, and he tells them, like, hey, you and your faggy white uniform, if you're going to come onto my island, how about you ask nicely? Like, you get that little <laughs> moment there. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this guy. Like, there's Which you certain, didn't need, yeah, an, but he just he He's not even an anti-hero. Like, he, he's a hero. He really is. Like, you know, he's a colonel. He's a good guy. Well, not a good guy, but he's a hero. He's not an anti-hero. He's not a villain. He's not the bad guy in the movie. He does what he has to do to get the job done. He did something that's illegal. That's all it is. There was a note that said you're not supposed to do this anymore, and he himself is the reason that it happened. Therefore, he is responsible for the death of the private that was under, you know, his watch. That's what it is. He mm -hmm. didn't do something. He's not going to be killed at the end of this film. He's not going to be hung. No. He's, he's probably just going to get slapped on the wrist. You know, he's going to be taken off of the Silver Star status. He's not going to start working at the Pentagon like he was going to at the beginning of the film. Dishonorably Instead, he's discharged. probably just going to... No, he's not going to get disarmedly discharged. Not when you're that high. That makes the whole government look bad. Like, that's that's what the whole idea of this film is. That there are certain things to stand up for when you shouldn't. Like, this makes... You know, they have that conversation once they clear out the courthouse right at the end of the film. Where he's like, do you know what you just did to our country? Do you know what you're responsible for, you fucking Harvard kid? Like, do you even know what... I'm going to I'm gonna tear out your fucking eye and piss in your dead skull? Like, when he says that thing, I, I would only assume because they didn't want to take it, like, true Full Metal Jacket status. They didn't want to say, fuck your skull or something like that. Or skull fuck you. 
when you go that far, when, you know, your job is to yell at people, like, he's pretty, he's kind of calm when you think about it. Like, even Kevin Bacon, who's trying to give him all these tips all the time, like, you're going to find yourself court-martialed, you're going to find yourself slapped on the wrist, you're going to find yourself doing this. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, you did a good job, I'm going to go get Kiefer Sutherland now, because he needs to go to jail, too. But it's not even jail jail, it's... it's Military police, you know, it's, it's you know, they, it's, they take it, care it was of a risk own. that he took and it paid off. But yeah, I mean, you know, Tom Cruise would have gotten like the worst of it for sure. I mean, he would have been court martialed oh, yeah. if he failed, but he probably would have lost, like, he would get probably kicked out of the military. See, I don't know anything about how it works, but like, yeah, I, I don't know the consequences. Like, I, uh, it can't go unpunished, though. It can't just be a slap in the wrist. But, th- you know, then again, this movie doesn't exactly continue in a way that uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it just stops right after the court case. And you think like, you know, oh, that's it. That's the end. They won. That's, you know, they won the case. That's all that matters. And it's good for entertainment value for that. So th- I really just it, it is a nice courtroom draw. That's that's kind of it. Um, like, yeah, I, I, I don't have much as far as military knowledge to add to that, though. Yeah, I. Neither do I. I mean, I haven't seen an episode of the show Jag, but I would assume that it was either inspired by the success of this of this film or came shortly thereafter. Because well, that, that and also I think for, the I judge think, like, here, like, is in mm-hmm. Jag, playing a judge. Oh, well, there you so go. maybe yeah, I, th- I think may- that maybe Castle came from Rock this. Entertainment. Um, but yeah, this I-, I can't readily say if this influenced you know legal dramas that came after because. Law and Order was already on TV, but look at how many more there are now. Like, uh, the walk and talk that happens, though, like that is very much a Sorkin thing. That's definitely present in Law and Order now. So, uh, you, you know, and it's present in moments here. So I think that's definitely, in, in some ways, this definitely has influenced that. But, you know, it's not, uh, this movie's never flashy, you know. So, like, stuff like that never mm-hmm. n- never really stands out. But I, I think it's, uh, m- maybe it's just the intensity I don't know what it is exactly because it's like, you know, you it's a, a memorable movie. Everybody remembers. Here. You get a big range of emotions here. Even if there isn't exactly romance, you do get flirtations with it. There's enough comedy going on, clearly enough drama, so much of it. It's just it's, it's a tale of, of honor. It's a, tain, it's, it's a story about, um, you know, not just necessarily the military, yet all of these shots of Washington, D.C. and the monuments and, and statues and whatnot in the Potomac River. Um, you know, you get that joke about, oh, if you want to talk to my supervisor, go down the road, make a left. It's that big white house with the pillars. Like, you get these, these little funny little moments where you're like, oh, it makes sense that this guy was responsible for the West Wing. Um, uh, this one, this one's a, a buy for me. I think it is one of those films. Maybe its iconic status foreshadows how good it actually is because of that one scene, because of that one line, because of the poster. But it's solid in all ways. You know, like it's it's a classic movie. It really is. It just it has great elements, has great scenes. There's no hiccups along the way, no no troughs. From beginning to end, it progresses in interest. Like, you start off kind of into it, and you get really, really into it the further it goes on, which is a testament for something that's like two hours and ten minutes. Usually a movie that's over 80 to 90 minutes, you know, there's some moments when you want to check your watch and see the time, and this one really isn't that. Like, this would work on a good rainy day. It would work in the summer. I think it would work during the winter. Might not be a good date movie but this is a good film 
definitely just in terms of conversation. We're having one about it. But even if we didn't have the podcast, I think that this is something that I would find myself talking about, not just when it came out, but now. It stands up. It's it's still really good. If you're interested in these people that are in the film to see where their career was really at its strong point for Rob Ryan and Eric Sorkin, Tom Cruise, Demi Moore, maybe not Kevin Pollack, uh, but all of these people that you know have since done greater or better better things, or maybe they were just starting out there, it's a buy for me. It's a, it's a it's a really good film that if you see for five dollars or less on DVD, pick it up. You're not going to be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's the biggest takeaway, I guess, as a character piece is really just Tom Cruise's arc here of. Just just, you know, going from the lawyer that's just slumming it to there's this line right when, um, you know, they the trial uh, st- is about to start and, you know, they they plea a verdict of not guilty. And then the judge says, all right, you know, we'll reconvene at this date. And right. He says, um, oh, why would a, a young like junior lieutenant that's only been around oh, for nine yeah, months yeah, and yeah. is famous for getting plea gar- bargains that fast be assigned a murder case? Yeah, it's, it's like, would it be so that he would probably never see the inside of a courtroom like someone's manipulating the mm-hmm. case just because they know he'll shut it? And it's just I, I think it's just that that moment and that moment, like that realization where it's just like, you know, yeah, like sometimes you just got to start doing shit for yourself instead of letting people use you the way that you know that you function. I don't, I don't know. For me, that's what got to me. Um, being in the shadow of your father too. Like that whole line that they have when he's drunk in that night and yeah. Kevin Pollock's character goes like, Oh yeah, I wrote a, did I ever tell you that I wrote a paper about your father in law school? Um, and you know, like all these people in the film are always talking about his dad. Like I saw your dad, uh, speech, at my high school. Oh, was that your father? Your father was that one. He did the, the this versus that board versus education. Yeah. It's like you got other characters in this movie. Like you got to me more who like mm-hmm. really wants the position that Tom Cruise has. She's hungry for it at the beginning and she doesn't get it. And yet Tom Cruise, like, you know, he doesn't really have anything that he's going for. He just has this shadow looming over him that he's trying not to disappoint because he, I, I just, this is me projecting this on there, but it's implied that, yeah, like he doesn't really have anything that he's going for. He's just, you know, he has someone's legacy that like he has he to fulfill. He can never live up to it. Yeah. Like he'll never be as good a lawyer as his father. Like he's just going through the, the moments, you know, it's, it's something that he grew up in. He's familiar with, he's kind of good at, but he cares more about baseball. He cares more about his car, probably getting laid. You know, he just wants the job. He just wants the money. He doesn't have passion for it. He's never been in the courtroom. He's satisfied with, you know, in the beginning, getting 12 years. He's impressed by getting 12 years. And then he's even more impressed by six months. And he never even wants to attempt to argue his case. He doesn't even want to say what is on his mind because he doesn't have anything on his mind but the money. And it is an interesting arc. He's the only person here that really goes on a journey. And you go on the journey with him. And that's why he's the star, and that's why he's become a star. It's also that cliche 90s mega happy ending where, and then he ends up doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. You know what I mean? Like, uh, just that mega happy 90s ending, which, hey, you know, I'm totally cool with. I got no problem. America was at a great point. Like, the the 90s are special. We're from the 90s. Um, But, yeah, no, I mean, this is a silver dollar for me. I got no no complaint there. It's just a buy for the same reason that Sin of a Woman's a buy, and I know that's kind of ruining it, but, like, I'm pretty vocal about that being one of my favorite movies. I guess you'll see it next week, and you'll find out if it's for you, and so will you guys. Hey, Al Pacino, man.
Hooah. Thanks for listening. We hope it's been a pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode, you can listen to more by checking out the Dollar Review Show, where we cover theatrical and streaming releases, as well as give our two cents on anything we sought out on our own, whether that be TV, music, etc. You can find all of our content at dollarreviews.net. Follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook at Dollar Reviews. And we're also on Google Play Music, iTunes, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, just about anywhere on the internet with hours of content available to you for free. But for those of you that feel that the show is worth your dollar, you can send us a donation at patreon.com slash dollarreviews. Contributions not only earn our undying love, but they also make it possible for us to improve our recording equipment and to give you the highest quality episodes possible. But more importantly, they'd be helping us acquire the content to review. You know, trips to the multiplex are expensive, and the more donations we receive, the more films we can review for your listening pleasure. If you listen somewhere we're currently not available, you'd like to contribute some talking points, send a debt to cinema request, or if you just want to laugh at us, you can do so by reaching out to us on social media or send an email to brian at dollarreviews.net. Or you can email me as well, steve at dollarreviews.net. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Brian Gillis, that's B-R-Y-O-N. N-G-I-L-L-I-S and now you know how to spell the email too and also under the same name on the Love You site Letterboxd which acts as my film diary where I rate films that I'm watching write the occasional review and even sometimes compile lists you can also find me on Twitter at S underscore MTX and also follow my film diary at Letterboxd under the same name where I log everything I watch and sometimes write brief reviews that's it for this week until next time keep the change